This is Kenny and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. All right, welcome in. It is a Kenny and Heilprin podcast. Obviously, we are not live today with Wisconsin facing off against Michigan State at the Kohl Center at 6 o'clock. My great co-host, Zach Heilprin, will be there. We'll talk a bit about where Wisconsin basketball stands a little later on. Um, there's a lot of business to get to today, Zach. Hello. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Doing even better. I, I'm, we're, not, we're not in the same room. That's, that's a joke. I, that's a joke. Of, that's a joke. Of those that's thoughts. a joke. No, that's a joke. Do we, uh, do we start with the game last night? Is that where you want to start? I don't think that the people listening to this really care what happened in that game last night, but you're more than welcome to start there if you'd like. I mean, personally, uh, as a host of a, an, I'm a, I'm a co-host here. I don't, I'm not the lead host, so you kind of direct things how they go. But if I were leading this, say like I do with the camp, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts, uh, I would not lead with that. I would lead with uh, something Wisconsin-related and, and something that has uh, got the masses going. Yes. Uh, which there was big news today. And oh, and that's the basis of our show. It's timely, though. And I wanted, we usually have a couple minutes at the lead of our shows, mainly the non-radio ones, because we're not really, you know, drawn to the same restrictions that we are on radio. Uh, with, you know, some other stuff that's going on. We talk about USC losing their conference title game in hilarious fashion. Now they're bringing back uh, Grinch as defensive coordinator, which is how, how happy are you about that? Well, I mean, how happy are you about that? Because that means Jim Leonard's not going there. I'm thrilled. Yeah. Uh, I, are, are you OK with that news as the USC guy? I'm not a USC guy. I'm a Caleb Williams guy. I'm a Caleb Williams deserve the Heisman guy. I'm a I'm a USC guy that would say uh, they went a lot further than you thought that they were going to go in their first year. Um, they just didn't make it to the playoff. They they came up short. And without a Caleb Williams injury, they don't come up short. They're in the playoff. And uh, who's not? Ohio State. So, all right. Either way. Which, I, I mean, America can sit back and think about what USC versus Georgia would have looked like. Probably would uh, not have been as good as Ohio State versus Georgia was. I mean, who cares about the playoff games? I mean, it really should only be the, the champion. It should only be the top two teams in the country that play each other anyways. Isn't that how you think? Yeah, it's a good point. So what's the point? I mean, why are you even talking about Ohio State, Georgia? I mean, you shouldn't even be allowed to watch uh, anything other than the championship game because you don't care. <laughs> none, of it, none of that else matters. You should only be able to watch a championship game because that's what you think it should be, one versus two. Yeah, I might boycott just uh, all of bowl season, frankly, because the know only thing I care about is the BCS. You know what's hilarious about that, though? It's like you're like, yeah, blowouts. Uh the BCS championship game was decided by an average of 14 points per game. It's not like every yeah. game was close. It's that they weren't close. Were they closer than last night? Absolutely. But uh, let's, let's try Let's, let's not romanticize the BCS and one versus two was always the best. <laughs> um, I found a, a way that this ties into our show. Actually, uh, the, the winner of our picks contest was going to come down to the winner of last night's game or whoever it really covered. was. I mean, it really wasn't. I was in a position where I had to pick TCU because I was what three back, and we were just saying, let's just make it. Let's just make it. I've been betting against you for a last for the last month just to try and catch up. So um, that's okay. It, in reality, it had nothing to do with me thinking TCU was going to cover because I didn't think they were going to cover, um, but I had to pick them. So go ahead, uh, strut your stuff. No, it's fine. I wasn't even going to strut, and I'm not yeah, saying you that were. you necessarily yeah, you thought were. that. I'm just going to state the fact that TCU didn't cover, no, believe it or not. not. Georgia Georgia won by a lot. I was able to kind of uh, turn the game off, at least my attention off, midway through the second quarter when they made it 38-7. to The final score, I 65-7, I think, allegedly. I don't know. I don't know how many people were watching the second half. I don't really have any any big takeaways. I, I just thought we should acknowledge uh, congratulations to Georgia. I am uh, I admire what Kirby Smart has done with that program. I admire how they develop players as well as recruit them. They lost however many starters from a national title team last year. They come back. They take zero transfers. They're out there with a lot of young guys all over the place, and their team is 
just as dominant. Uh, so it's I, pretty remarkable what they've done. We're not a national show, so we're not going to do the whole did Georgia take over the mantle of college football thing. But as fans of the sport, I mean, they are the model, right? Like when we look at, and this is the Wisconsin connection here, what I'll draw. When I look at what what can Luke Fickle, how can he maximize what he does at Wisconsin? I think Georgia, while they are obviously great acquirers of talent, the way that they develop it is better than anybody else right now. So when you talk about can uh, how does Luke Fickle do the best he can and win the most games, if you're able to come up with some sort of player development program that doesn't rival but mirrors what Georgia does, I, I think there's your answer. Like some of the big big guys in the game last night, Lad McConkey, that's a three-star. Stetson Bennett obviously was a walk-on. They have the crazy talent blue chip guys everywhere, but they also have some lower profile guys in recruiting that turn into studs. And and it's a culture thing. So there's there's your blueprint. There's your model. I guess I hope Fickle does it. Well, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of people have talked about throughout the years. Uh get the higher rate, you know, obviously you're always going to have um, some, some three stars and some, and some walk-ons, but it's like taking the potentially ratcheting up your recruiting a little bit, but keeping the development part of it, which is what made is which has made Wisconsin for the last 30 years is the development aspect of it. Just starting with a higher floor. And uh, you know, that's kind of what I think a lot of people are hoping that he's able to do. Uh, but the, the development aspect of it is, is so important. And I don't, I don't necessarily know if that was something that had become um, glossed over a little bit. Uh, the lack of development, maybe uh, you could say in, in certain aspects of the program. And maybe that is what uh, Jim Leonard was referring to when he was talking about how they become um, a little complacent uh, in some of what they were doing. I don't know if that's what he was referring to. Maybe he was referring to some other things that had fallen by the wayside, which there were plenty, but maybe it was some of that too. Oh, I would say it definitely lagged at least. Um, yeah. There I, there was clearly complacency in some areas over the last couple of years before we got to the point we are today. And if you look just at on-field results from that era, I, like development, you, you can connect dots and say, okay, the development wasn't up to the standard it was previously. I think that's fair. I agree. That's why I said it. Um. Last thing before we get to the to, to the big news, the news that has continued to sweep uh, the Wisconsin Twitter and uh, maybe college football Twitter once Wisconsin starts winning games or once the momentum continues. I saw a great tweet during the end of the national title game, Zach, of your your favorite moments of this past football season now that we are at its conclusion. I quote tweeted it with mine. Do you have one off the top of your head? From this last season, your your favorite moment? It can obviously be on-field, off-field, shenanigans, things of that mm. nature. Is there anything that sticks out? Honestly, it wasn't a very memorable season. Uh, just on the on the field. <laughs> off the field, there there were plenty of moments. But um, on the field, I'm, I'm struggling to, to put it. Like I, saw, I saw your tweet, and, and nothing popped uh, into my mind at all. So, no, I apologize for not uh, having anything. What, what was yours again? I quote tweeted it with the hump around when Tim Brando uh, started uh, to questionably dance on Tillman. Yes. I, I think it's the color Spencer guy. Tillman. Spencer Tillman. Yeah. yeah. During the first game of the season, I would add that to a brief collection of other moments, including the comeback screen to Chimray DK when we thought that uh, the Bobby Ingram offense was magical. Boom. Um, came back and to that also, in, they, they came back to that later in the year. It did not work. No, no, it did not. I would also add it, Zach, to uh, I'll include last offseason, your tweet that has been rightfully shown during separate times throughout this year, where you said uh, it was Bobby Ingram's first press conference, and you asked him a question and uh, about calling plays, and he said, that's a question for Paul Christ. And your tweet was, Ingram says this is a question for Paul Christ, comma, who is not here. Yeah, I don't – like, I understand. Yeah, I feel like that. Um, I, I feel like the point of that tweet was to point out that Paul Christ wasn't actually there uh, to introduce his offensive coordinator, as opposed to, I think, how some others have taken it. But um, 
yeah, I mean, it, the point was to emphasize that he has introduced a new office coordinator. It's going to be having a huge role in his offense, and he's in this whole difference, and he's not here to even introduce him or answer questions about him. Um, so I didn't do a very good job with that that tweet, but I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed it. It was really funny. Um, yeah. So that's that. If you have favorite moments, you can you can send them our way. Uh, because you agree, right? Like you agree, right? Like he should have been there to answer freaking questions about his offense coordinator. Yes. Okay. I, he should have been there to do a lot of things in yes. hindsight. Yes. Right. So that was the point of the tweet. I obviously it did not come across the, the way I wanted it to, but either way. The it, public the the public facing part of the job, as we have documented, was not the was not done the best over the last couple of years. And people bent over backwards to give him uh, the benefit of the benefit of the doubt. I think at times I did as well. But like I also said, when you're doing that and you're winning games, okay. When you're doing that and not winning games, it's a whole different question. It's a whole different story. Yep. So the big Wisconsin news. This is this is why I like doing it as a podcast because I don't feel beholden to lead the first two minutes of the show with this news. I I, I like the the looseness. A podcast provides. If you are listening on podcast, which you all are to this, please leave a review, subscribe, do, do all that stuff. Follow the show on Twitter. Greatly appreciate all of it. It's a new year. So uh, everyone has their re- their New Year's resolutions. Mine is uh, for you to leave reviews on our show. Thank you. The, the big news when we speak about the public facing part of being a head coach, Zach. A lot has been made this morning about today being a big day for Wisconsin in the portal. Now, I don't know exactly what the other pieces of that are. It is 2.30 right now on Tuesday, January 10th. The first part, though, quarterback Braden Locke commits to Wisconsin, a former four-star. He will be a redshirt freshman, to my knowledge. He is coming from Mississippi State. He was recruited by Phil Longo when he was in high school. He now joins a quarterback room at Wisconsin that includes Tanner Mordecai, Chase Wolf, Mile, uh, that are both six-year guys, redshirt freshman Miles Burkett, Nick Evers, walk-on Marshall Howe, now Braden Locke, and then true freshman Cole LaCrue who's coming in. And then you obviously have Mabry Metower coming in the 2024 class. Uh, massive news. I mean, I, I was kind of surprised that they're even still out there looking for quarterbacks, but it, it's kind of remarkable when you look at the room. And I now think that no longer will we say, Wisconsin and held back by the quarterback position in the same sentence. What's your overall take on all this? Well, I would bring up your tweet about Graham Mertz. Uh, if I were to say that, you know, can't over the, the quarterback thing that you just said, what was that again? Wisconsin and held back by quarterback play will no longer oh. be okay. in the same sentence together. Okay. All right. All right. So I would, uh, if I want to be the wet blank that Ben Kenny is, I would say, uh, well, Graham Wirtz is rated higher than all those guys. So what, what are we doing here? But I am not that wet blanket guy. I am the positive voice of this podcast, which is hilarious uh, if anybody <laughs> uh, actually knows me. But um, what I will say is how hilarious is it that we were talking a couple of weeks ago that Nick Evers, the only reason Nick Evers would come is because uh, they weren't, weren't going to recruit anybody, any other quarterbacks. And now they've added Tanner Mordecai, who's obviously the guy that everyone believes is going to start this first two year, um, or that this start this year. And then they add Braden Locke to this uh, combination of guys. Now they have four redshirt. Well, I guess it, I mean scholarship guys. They have four redshirt freshmen or freshmen, uh, freshmen or redshirt freshmen. So right with Evers, with Miles Burkett, with Cole LeCrew, and now with Braden Locke. That competition to be Mordecai's backup is going to be amazing. But uh, I do think they're now done. Uh, at least Phil Longo says they're done, right? Uh, said uh, room complete. He tweeted it out, room complete. How many days till the opener? Can't wait. Uh, him and everybody else in, uh, in Madison can't wait for that season opener. I personally can't wait for spring ball. I would never say that at this time of year normally, but that's kind of where I'm at with this. Um, it's a nice, another addition. I mean, you go back and watch his film. He went to, as you mentioned, had Phil Longo recruiting him out of high school. He ends up going to Mississippi state to play for Mike Leach. Um, and, uh, Mike Leach, who obviously was Phil Longo's mentor. So there, there's a connection there. And again, you can't have, we talked about this last week. You can't have too many 
swings, right? Like is the more swings you get, the better chance you have hit of hitting a home run. The more at bats you have, you have the more you have a chance of making a making a play, making a uh, you know hitting a home run. Like that's just that's just what it is when you have that many guys. So I think that's what they've done with this quarterback room. And as we sit here and talk, uh, Luke Fickle has tweeted out his next recruit incoming tweet um, that everyone has started calling a bat signal for whatever. I don't know why, why are we doing that? Why are we calling it a bat signal? Any idea? Cause they used to, in the 2021 class, they did the bat signal from the okay, recruiting yeah. Twitter account that then ceased to exist. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't, I, mean, I get, I mean, I understand, I guess I understand where it comes from the whole thing with, with Batman and all that, but let's, uh, we got to come up with a better name for that. But either way, he just did it again. So though we were expecting, oh. we're expecting three today and, and Braden Locke was number one and there's, there's likely two more coming today, but it's a, it's a nice addition. Uh, I watched some film on him. It's, it's high school film. So it is what it is. He's got a live arm. Um, didn't see it a lot of running. Uh, I don't know if he's got, if it looked like he has some, uh, some, uh, ability to move around in the pocket. They did a lot of rollouts with him in high school too. Um, but yeah, it's, it's look, it's another arm. It's another addition. And that room is, is jam packed. And I think we can officially now say that is the most talented quarterback room Wisconsin's ever had based on stars, uh, with <laughs> three, four star guys in there with, uh, Mordecai and Evers and now Braden Locke to go along with a couple of three stars and Chase Wolf and, um, call the crew and miles Burkett. And then obviously maybe Matt tower next year, but it's he's totally flipped the the room. I mean, it's just insane what they've done with that room. So I a bunch of questions I want to get into here, but first, when you were when you were talking about how many guys they have and the competition to be his backup, something flashed where I remember either watching something on Mike Leach or maybe it was something on Longo and their style of offense. Where and, and you correct me if I'm wrong here. I mean the old. The classic Paul Christ, you know, Wisconsin pro style offense didn't really cater as well to multiple guys doing all this stuff at the same time. Whereas I feel like in a lot of the videos I've watched of long ago, like some of those YouTube things that were people tossed around when he got hired, a lot of this offense can be done with air reps, if you will, where they can go through the same process at the same time. And it doesn't need to be with, you know, a live defense or a live receiver catching it where when you get all these guys that are all young all on the same point in their career I don't know if this means everything but I I mean I would assume part of the reason that he has so much success with quarterbacks is because his system caters well to you know the quarterback producing and it's not hard to pick up or whatever reason but also the the preparation part of it when you have this amount of guys in the room are you with me on that where 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 the way that they develop the quarterbacks is different just in terms of process. Am I crazy for thinking that? Are you saying that because it's called the air raid and like they can practice against air or is is that what you're saying? Not directly. I'm just messing with you. Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Going through the Russell Wilson pregame reps against air. Yeah, I don't, I I don't disagree. I don't disagree um, that there, there maybe, maybe there is, a little bit and maybe he's used to it too, right? Like he's not, he, he, Wisconsin hasn't had five scholarship quarterbacks in the same room in a long time. I'm trying to think, and, and, you know, maybe they won't all be there by the end of it, but I'm trying to think uh, last time they had this many guys that all would, would need reps. Um, still, that's a lot of dudes to try and get reps for, even though yeah. you're right, you're right. They could do the, you know, the, the stuff on air, and that's kind of what actually Miles Burkett was doing last spring because he wasn't getting reps with the team. So you'd see him behind the offense uh, getting some of his own uh, reps when they were doing teamwork. But yeah, I mean, it's it, yes to an extent, but again, uh, it's a new offense for most of these guys. Um, though, again, uh, I shouldn't say again, but uh, Locke kind of was in was the in the air raid last year. It's a different air raid than than Mike Leach. Um, and uh, Mordecai's got experience, you know, playing in this wide open style of offense, and and obviously Nick Evers does as well. Maybe they'll maybe they'll be able to to transition to it uh, pretty well. But I feel like reps still are are needed when you've got so many new guys um, trying to mesh together. 
and trying to like the wide receiver room trying to mesh together with the quarterbacks. I think I do think reps are important. Um, and so and reps, not just on air, like reps against a defense at the same time. Yeah, I'm excited to get your practice reports when it come to that. Aside are from you? who plays well is how in the hell do they manage all this with all the dudes yeah. they have? Um, yeah. I have two big questions. One of them was posed to me. One of them I posed first, the one that was asked to us on Twitter, bigger hire for Wisconsin in the last two months or three, Luke Fickle, Phil Longo. Well, here's the thing. I don't think, uh, I don't think Longo comes to Wisconsin if Fickle's not here. So is, if, are we doing that? Like if it, like, I don't think in any sense that Phil Longo's ever coming to Wisconsin if it's not to work for Luke Fickle. So the bigger hire would have to be Luke Fickle because that's the only way Phil Longo's here, in my mind. Now, what they've done offensively in terms of getting quarterbacks on board, I don't think it's just Longo, but I think he's obviously just been the, the guiding principal and the, and the guiding person that these guys want to play for and want to be coached by based on some of what these guys have done, what his previous players have done. So Longo has been an awesome hire. I think John, John McNamara tweeted it. I don't think there's been an assistant that's ever flipped recruiting on its head like this um, in the last 25 years. I can't remember an assistant that's, that's done what he's done to this point. And again, it's not just him. They've got a lot of guys working on this, but he's the one that they are coming to play for. So Longo is a huge hire, but he's not here without Fickle, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree. I don't want to go one or the other because of the cause and effect. But they're also, I think there are a couple sides to the very specific coin where you look at all of the quarterback commits and maybe the wide receiver commits to come if they do. And if there are any huge ones with Williams or Sturdivant or whoever, that you would directly attribute to Longo and the offense he's bringing and him, the relationships he's built. I think you can also look at a lot of the stuff in the secondary that we've seen with Amari Snowden and when the, like in the actual high school recruiting process, when that was wrapping up, I guess it's still going, but when that was uh, during early signing day, I think that can be directly attributed to fickle. So I don't, I, I don't want to do the, the cause and effect because clearly Longo's not here. If not for fickle and a lot of this stuff is not happening. If not for fickle, his presence really, you know, how he's proving to be, a good uh, good energy builder around a program. But if you want to go to the super micro level, there are, when you look at a bunch of the commitments and maybe years down the road, if the secondary is great and you're like, oh, you know, Amari Snowden, Luke Fickle. But yeah, I have a hard time going to one side or the other. I know he probably doesn't give a crap whatsoever what's happening, but I, I do wonder at times when Paul Chris gets a paper every three weeks up at up north up and then gets papers delivered to him like a, a horde of papers or whatever delivered to him or whatever he's doing up there um or wherever he is like what he thinks of this because it's just not wisconsin and he's and, living that buyout life oh i'm not saying no the, i'm not talking about the money i'm just like i'm I like got a cabin up north just go up north and just chill and, and be away from everybody for for a really long period of time and like uh, like the guy, it's it's kind of like uh, this is a horrible comparison, but in Breaking Bad, where um, wh- where Walt's in that cabin by himself, and they they bring the paper, the guy brings the paper every like every month, and he just scans through all the papers. I don't know if Paul Chris would ever do that. He probably, I guarantee, he wouldn't. But it's uh, it's it's the image of it, um, and him just seeing like four star quarterback. Four-star quarterback, four-star quarterback, air raid offense. Um, it's just, it's just kind of funny to think about at times. It is, yeah. There are different ways I could go with that, and I'm going to elect not to. Okay. Um, and people should be proud that I'm not going those directions. The other, uh, speaking of Paul Chris, I mean, clearly, what's going on right now had had not gone on previously. Now, I, I put this out looking for a very specific answer, and it blew up more than I thought it would and kind of more than I wanted it to. But I asked, this was at 11.34 a.m., right after Fickle tweeted the first uh, gif of, you know, on Wisconsin that means someone's committing. It was right before Braden Locke ended up saying he's coming to Wisconsin. I asked, what is Luke Fickle doing that Paul Chris never did? 
And in parentheses, I said, there's one right answer. Now, many people responded with wide ranging responses, including his job, uh, <laughs> everything, uh, promoting NIL, the offense, uh, just a, a lot of stuff. But I don't really care about any of that. What I was looking for was one very specific answer, Zach, and that is tweeting. Yeah. Where, but like, doesn't mean close to everything, no. But I, I guess you could go a lot of directions if you want to ask, what is Luke Fickle doing that wasn't done previously? I think clearly he's doing a great job at a lot of things. But to focus for a second on the energy he's built, it's not only the fact that he's making headlines with the moves, but him and Longo and everybody are very active in the public sphere to promote all of this, which I do think matters. I, I, I agree. I completely agree. It does matter. But it is hilarious. If you look at his Twitter account, it's essentially just the Badger fans get ready to jump around a uh, little gif, you know, a little 15 second video or whatever it is. And then it's just a retweet of the guy that ended up committing. Like that's essentially what his Twitter account is, which is fine, which is 10 times more than uh, Paul Chris did. Cause he didn't have a Twitter account. Um, if, did he if, not? He never did. I thought that account that I've, it wasn't, found... he never had, no, he never had an account. That wasn't him. Oh, no, no. He never had an account. Gotcha. No. Gary Anderson had an account for about 10 days. Uh, and they built this. There was like this big thing. They built it up. And uh, within 10 days, it was like, nope, I don't want to do this. And uh, he shut it down. So, but no, pa- come on now. Uh, Paul Chris did not have an account. No, no, nothing that was, no, nothing that was tied to him. No. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine him doing that? It would have been really funny. I mean, Jim Leonard has an account. He's tweeted twice over the last two years. The last yeah. one being his announcement. Well, a couple times. One of them was in regards to Devin Chandler when that happened. Yep. The most recent one was his announcement that he wasn't returning during the middle of a Wisconsin basketball game. And then the uh, the one before that, somebody said that he reminds him of someone that would take pleasure in mowing his lawn. And Leonard yep. said... I don't know if that's a compliment or an insult, but thank you. Yeah, it was a great tweet. That was a great tweet. It was um, a good tweet, but but yeah, energy, right? Like it's energy. Like, like Phil Longo, like it's if Fickle's thing is one thing. Yeah, Longo, the way that he's been tweeting and his tweets have gotten people all riled up uh, in a couple different ways, trying to keep track of how many transfers they they have and they uh, how many they do and how many they don't. It's just. It's funny. Either way, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's different. And I think that the excitement and engagement with people within the program uh, makes people feel part of the program. And I think it increases their uh, desire to want to get information about the program. And it, it, it increases their excitement about what's going on. Like, that's – I don't think – there's there's no way you can't you'll, – you'll ever tell me otherwise. Like, engaging people personally, even through a Twitter account, makes them feel part of the program and um, that's what they're doing. And it, it's got people very, very excited. And look, the, the fact that they're getting these four-star quarterbacks also makes people excited, whether, whether they're tweeting or not, this is just different than what Wisconsin's ever done before. I mean, you think about it for the top six quarterbacks they've ever recruited have been in the last month. For yeah. the top six, that's insane. I mean, that's just what, that's just what Phil Longo has done to this point. So I mean, they, uh, it's been really good. Um, energy is important. And to go back to a discussion we had last week, that is what, in a way, Mike Tressel was doing when he talked about national titles. And to those that were unhappy with how I responded, it is what it is. I, oh, I, I didn't mean to I kill so, energy. but I, I got so many DMs about that. Really? Oh, yeah. I people mean, were not, like, people okay. were not pleased. Sorry for, for poo-pooing all that. Um, they were not they were not pleased at all. They, they I got a lot of compliments though in, in uh pushing back on it. So, you know, we got that going for us. Yeah. I get the energy part of it though. Like when we talk about riling people up and, you know, having positive speak, ha- having positive discussions, not only in just the fan realm, which is important, but also in the in the other players realm. Like they see what what's going on in Wisconsin. Um, I know a lot of like I, I'll get followers on Twitter that'll be some 
like a, a high school football player. You'll see because the bios are all the, you know, the 40 times and the GPA and the positions and, and the class and all that stuff. But like those those guys are on Twitter. Like Twitter is a networking source for them as well. So they see that. They see all that happen. Um, so it's good stuff. I have no idea if Braden Locke's going to, you know, start games or anything. It's impossible to project. Uh, I was asked about that earlier today and about how it'll shake out after Mordecai. I have no clue. None at all. I think we know Mordecai's the starter this year. But the more options, uh, as you said, the, the more at-bats you get, unless you're, a, you know, a, a terrible hitter, uh, the better. No, but even and if I you're think- a terrible hitter, no, even if you're a terrible, terrible hitter, the more at-bats you get, the better chance you have of actually making contact. Doesn't matter how bad of a guy you are, how bad of a batter you are. You might get lucky. I mean, not to get into it, but I, Christian Yelich through stretches, like it, he could get 15 at bats and he'll get one hit. But but none of them are home runs. Um, but that's that's a that's something we doing? can litigate. Man, what are you doing? Another time. What are you doing? Um, do you have anything else here? I have something on Fickle that I wanted to ask you about. Uh, I will just say I think what they're doing at quarterback is no different than what a lot of other programs are doing at quarterback. You bring a bunch of guys in uh, all as talented as you can possibly get them. They compete. And if one wins out and the other ones go elsewhere, fine, you're going to recruit the same way every single year. They they've got their guy in 2024. They're going to continue to build that room up. And I, so I, is it concerning that they're going to have guys potentially transferring? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. The best guy's going to win out, and that's just how it's going to be from now on. You're going to bring in as talented a quarterback as you possibly can, put as much competition in that room as you possibly can, and let the best guy win out. That's what the top programs are doing, and there's no reason Wisconsin should be worried about upsetting uh, anybody else. That's, that's just what college football is now. Or they're, they have the ability to move on very quickly, and that's fine. Uh, you have an ability to replace them very quickly, which uh, works in your favor, too. I, I think it's all going to work out, and I'm not concerned whatsoever about the talent in that room, like people being worried about it. It's just, uh, I mean, that doesn't make any, I mean, I, I, I guess I understand it a little bit, but talent is not the problem. Talent is never a problem. Get as much talent as you possibly can and let it, let it play out and see what happens. I agree a hundred percent. I'm not worried about transfers. This just came to mind as well. I think it's a good thing after Mordecai, in theory, they shouldn't need to go find more stop gaps, right? Like this year's in weird. Theory. They just came in. Um, they're rebuilding the room, and y- you were probably going to find one. And Mordecai obviously is a big upgrade over what they've had recently. But now going forward, you're talking about redshirt freshmen that are with Longo for a year before they have to play, and maybe longer. Right, we'll see. And then you have more high school guys coming in. I think the fact that they're setting themselves up with a lot of young options to work with Longo, who's proven to be awesome with quarterbacks, uh, and then to develop into a starter, I think that's a much better way to do it than to not rely on a guy like Mordecai, but to to seek that option. The most sustainable long-term path to success is not taking a veteran quarterback in the portal. It's having a guy like maybe Metower come in and prove to be really good and develop to be really good. So the more news we see of younger guys committing that are talented, uh, and even though these guys are transfers, they're young, they haven't really played at their previous stops, the more news we get of that, the better, I think. Like, I love the portal. F- fill a gap for a year. The more sustainable way to to win is to do that stuff in the high school ranks. It so. will al- It will always be about high school recruiting and filling your holes with the transfer portal. That's what, that's what it was going to be with, with Paul Christ or Jim Leonard. And that's what it's going to be with Luke Fickle right now. You're just seeing a large number because they want, um, they're trying to get their type of guy in here and, and the, the type of players that were going to fill certain roles in the different schemes that they're going to play. Um, so that, I mean, I, the fact that they have 10, excuse me, they have eight, transfers at this point and as we talk uh there's gonna be another one coming here another one later today but like and then more on down the line the number that they of transfers they get this year i don't think it's going to be like this every year so it's just right now as you're just you're you're kind of filling spots that you need um within your own 
new system and, and trying to build up numbers at certain spots, quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, and, uh, and defensive line. That's what we've seen so far. And I don't, it's not done, obviously. Yeah. Which, I mean, by the way, since we've last spoken, us and the people, they have landed former Cincinnati center Jake Renfro, defensive end outside linebacker Jeff Prytowski from Michigan State, and then the maybe two more we'll hear today. So they are they are making strides in the trenches as well. We haven't talked directly about those guys. Um, I mean, Renfro, you could make the argument Renfro will be the second biggest pickup behind the quarterbacks. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of quarterbacks now, but um, in terms of what he could potentially give him, he was a first-team All-AAC pick in 2021. And they have a hole at center and potentially would rather have Tanner Bordellini at guard. And this fills that hole. So that, that, I mean, he's of the, all the guys that walked in, he's a day one starter yep. along with, along with Mordecai. And they're getting, they're getting deeper up there. A lot of success. Look at Georgia. Like speaking of that national title game, a lot of success is depth where if you have injuries, how good are, how, how good is your program? Are you not only beholden to one guy who's starting? Like we saw with Georgia, guys go down and they're still, the backups are great, right? So if you could build that depth, that's awesome. Um, speaking of, I hope one of these commitments is a Aussie punter. Speaking of Georgia and TCU, I think it's no, uh, it's no random feat that both of the national title teams were with Aussie punters last night, just to put that out there. The other piece on Luke Fickle, Zach, he was at a, a wrestling meet or match or however you call it, a game with Braylon Allen recently, the picture on Twitter. And we have an answer to the to the sock conundrum. He is he's an ankle sock guy. No it's show. Not that there aren't socks. No, no no show. Right. Yeah. That there are socks there though. I, I don't know if this changes anything about Wisconsin's outlook, but I thought I should bring that up. Well, I think it does. I don't know about the outlook, but it certainly does change my opinion on the hire a little bit. Um, it's questionable at this point. Um, I'll say that. Really? Just about the socks. Oh, I like it. I thought you would like it. That he's wearing socks? Yeah. No. No socks is the way to go. If I didn't... Honestly, if I had the money that... I don't want to talk about other people's money, but if I had the kind of money that a high school or a college football coach makes and uh, the highest paid person in the state of Wisconsin, I would never wear socks. Um, I would just buy new shoes. I would just buy new shoes every day. And <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So you wouldn't, you would never have to worry about the smell that comes along with it. I don't really? have that. I don't have that kind of money. So I have to wear uh, some semblance of socks when I wear shoes because I just can't go out and buy new shoes every day. Otherwise I would, I would never wear socks. I hate socks. Well, if, if more of you people could leave reviews on our podcast, maybe <laughs> if you get right. closer to that. Yeah, we could. Um, but no, I would. Yeah, no, I would never would. I love I hate wearing socks. I don't think that makes me weird. I, I like your feet weren't meant to be in, in shoes, man. Your, your, your feet weren't meant to be in socks. That's not how socks are. Not how great, they, that's not how they were made. Socks are fine, like when you, uh, like when you're going to work out, or you're going to play basketball, or whatever. When you, when you're going to have and do things that are going to continue to rub all. I don't even know why we're talking about this, but uh, when you're having things like going to rub like up and get sores and like, like yeah, socks are good for that. Just let your feet breathe. That's what they're. That's what they're made for. That's what. So- that's what. That's what your, your shoes need to breathe. Just like the top of your head needs to breathe. That's why I don't have any hair. It needs to breathe. Well. Yeah, that's it, that's only a, a situation not not everybody finds themselves into, you know. And and say. they're lucky. They I, don't. I'm big on socks. I I've always been a big sock guy. I've that's cute. Uh, it's it, it's a form of expression at times. I'm I'm a big fan of, you know, socks that maybe show some show some personality, some juice. Yeah. 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 Uh, and Each I, own. it's a warm thing. At, at the end of the day, it's a comfort thing. Like when you talk about like when you're at home, always have socks on. 100% always have socks on. Absolutely and not. It's a comfort thing. If I'm wearing, a, you know, the shoes Luke Fickle's wearing, I'd, I'd probably wear higher socks, but socks nonetheless. Yeah. All right. We spent too much time on this. There it is. Um, there's your uh, Luke Fickle <laughs> sock discussion. I, I got questions about scholarship count. I don't know. At the end of the transfer stuff, I figure that's a good discussion. People yeah. wanted to know how many more could could be added. I don't know the answer to that. 
I don't think we need to go deep into it. Do you have a, a number off the top of your head or should we just move on? I think we should just move on. I, I because I think things are going are are, are pretty fluid. They're fluid. I'll say, I'll say that. Um, I think there are some guys that were on the team last year that are not going to be back that have necessarily announced that they're transferring yet. So um, we'll. I think we'll we'll get there when we get there. Um, is what I'll say. Yep. And the six and the six year guys don't count. So like that that's always important to remember. True. I don't think they count. I should say. I don't think they do. Um, I know they, I know a lot of it doesn't count for bowls, but uh, whatever. There's your, um, I guess, update thoughts on what Luke Fickle and company are doing in the portal. I'm going to, I'm going to title this uh, Fickle's cooking in the portal so that all the kids get excited and share it with their friends. But if you're listening to this, be great if you left a review and told a friend or two about it. How about that? It's January. It's the off season. We're still going strong two days a week. We're not talking about football games necessarily, but you want good coverage, check out the camp. They're smarter than me. But if you want fun and, and entertaining and hopefully coverage that makes you smarter, tell a couple There's... friends about the podcast. That'd be that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. Wisconsin has a new kicker. Oh, uh, as as we're breaking as news. We're, as we're talking here, uh, Nathaniel Va- Vacos, Vacos, Vacos. Vacos. Oh, it's Greek. Yeah. Uh, Just committed. A kid that was at Ohio last year and was a part of that stunning Arizona Bowl, uh, Barstool uh, Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl that uh, Ohio beat Wyoming in overtime. But he's a a guy that um, went 22 for 27 on field goal attempts last year. He went two for four from 50 yards more. Also, Hit a 46 yarder in that Arizona store uh, in that Arizona Bowl to send that game into overtime. So uh, an interesting guy. Ohio that, State could use him. Uh, uh, yeah, they could have. Uh, a, a guy that potentially could could take over the kicking duties. Um, obviously, Nate Van Zels, I thought was actually pretty good this year, but uh, they have an opening. I, I mean, I I don't think he was off the charts amazing good, but. Certainly more uh, better than I thought he was going to be. But yeah, Nathaniel Vacos, the uh, the second of what we expect to be three commitments today. Cool. Again, as, as I have noted, my ideal scenario, the, the news that will really change how I view next season. It's already been changed, to be clear. But the news I'm I'm waiting to get really excited about is either wide receiver C.J. Williams or wide receiver Michael Sturdivant. Those are my two guys. And there's been a lot of smoke. Williams is still deciding, apparently, between a bunch of schools. But those guys, if if one of them commits, if both of them commit, uh, the show would be a good place to come for reaction to that. Because that's the <laughs> that's what those you're are looking the for? tickets for me. That, those that'll be that'll be when you change your your mind. No, on, no, 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 on no, no, no. Luke I am, I am and, you, and you think it's and you think it's going to be a good hire? Because that's what you're waiting on, right? Like you're trying to decide no. whether it's a, to be a good hire or not uh, is, is whether they're able to get the wide receivers in. It's a great hire. I have just said a, a, a next level will be reached when. Mm. Down the road. That's all. Okay. All but right. if they could do it now, that would be unbelievable. Yeah, I'd be floored. Um, well, I mean, they're, the wide receivers are going to be added. It, we'll, we'll see if it ends up being the guys that you want. Um, Wide receivers are going to be added. So before we end, Zach, I wanted to talk Wisconsin basketball for a bit. Mm. Luke Fickle and Longo and company are news dumping Wisconsin basketball into oblivion. Really? Uh, as, as we've seen through the last, uh, really since he got hired, um, Wisconsin plays Michigan state tonight. We'll talk about that game on Thursday. Zach will be there. It hasn't happened yet. We're recording as a podcast. So, Uh, Sorry to say, I don't know what's going to happen. However, Wisconsin did lose to Illinois this weekend, 69 to 59. They were on the road. They were, or 79, 69, excuse me. They were on the road. They were without Tyler Wall. A a big second half from Chucky Hepburn and Stephen Crowell kind of kept them in in striking distance. But Coleman Hawkins, a 28% free throw shooter for Illinois. Three point shooter. Three point. Yep. Uh, turned into Kevin Durant. He hit everything he looked at. Illinois had an outlier shooting half. They win. Wisconsin now 3-1 and one in conference. I ask you, Zach, 
On a scale of one to 10, where is your panic level going forward for the Wisconsin basketball team? I feel like he missed uh, a significant part of, uh, of that game. Um, and that was, you want to fill that in or no? No. All right. Uh, Tyler Walton said Wall was out. Did you, did you miss it? Maybe I was, maybe I didn't, wasn't paying attention close enough. That's a possibility. Uh, Tyler Wall did not play in that game. And so if they don't have Tyler Wall for an extended period of time, my uh, panic meter goes up significantly. Uh, it sounds like as we're talking about this, they play Michigan state uh, here in a few hours. It sounds like he is not going to play in that game, which is going to be very, very difficult for them to win without him. We saw them against Michigan state last year without him. Um, he's such an important piece to it and, and just the different things that he's able to do. And he's as versatile of a player as they have. So not having him uh, is significant long-term concern. No, my panic meter doesn't exist uh, when it comes to, when it comes to this oh, team. Come on. What's it doesn't the number? It doesn't exist. It, Zero? It's, a, it's a one. It's a one because okay. I mean, if you're, if I'm forced to say it's a one, it doesn't exist because they are who they are. If you don't like, I was talking to our, no, I'm not going to even bring them up. Uh, the, uh, the, there are some people that are like all in on this team and like living, you know, living and breathing on, on their every move. And I'm like, you're, there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to know who this team is. They're going to play close games and not all of them are going to go their way. And there are some nights where their offense isn't going to show up and they're going to have to beat them on defense. But no, my, my panic meter is, doesn't exist because my expectations are still relatively, relatively, I think, sane. Whereas there are some other people that I think are a little bit insane uh, with what they think this team can do. So no, my, there's no panic. What, national titles or something. There's, there's no panic. Like there's just no panic. Like we'll go out going out and winning the big 10 or going out and making it, you know, deep, deep into the NCAA tournament where that's how some people are thinking. And I think because their margin is so small and I'm, I'm fully on board. I think they're a good team. I don't think they're better than last year's team. Um, so there's that, but I think they're a good team. And uh, they just have to bring it every single night on the defensive end. And some nights they don't do that. And we saw that happen against Illinois, where Illinois, who came in shooting 32% from three-point range, hits what they hit. And a lot of them, let's be fair about it, a lot of them were some pretty good shots. So that's so Wisconsin, the, the panic level, I think they're going to bring the defense every single night. And they're going to try and be in every single game. Sometimes the offense just isn't going to be there. And that could be a problem tonight when they play Michigan State without Tyler Wall. Without Tyler Wall offensively and defensively, um, they're in trouble. But the, the, he's going to be back at some point and relatively soon. So no panic. I hope so. My panic level is at a 2.5, <laughs> which is not high. Seems but high. it's not one. Tyler Wall changes everything for them. It's not only what he does in the stat sheet, but the pace he's able to bring. Where when they can run all those post-ups to him, that slows the game down. And I think one thing that happened against Illinois is the game sped up and a little bit out of their control. And part of that might have been some poor shots by, you know, Connor Siegen ripped that long one. Like they were just, they weren't able to control the pace of the game as well as they needed to, to win. And I think Tyler Wall is such a key in that. Stephen Crowell did, I mean, as much as he could, he was going up against uh, Danger of Illinois, who's... Uh, not great on offense, but, I mean, he's a big body down there. Tyler Wall, though, his presence changes all that, and not to mention on defense and all that. So if he misses more time, yeah, panic level rises. But I'm at a, I'm at a calm 2.5. I, I think they'll be okay. Stephen Crowell is playing terrific basketball. Chucky Hepburn is also playing great basketball. I think some of the other guys could um, maybe be doing more. Like, I've been thrilled with what Carter Gilmore, like, without Wall, right? They they put Gilmore in. Marcus Alver was in there, I think. Uh, they, they had to go with kind of a makeshift group to, to spell him. And none of them are going to approach what Wall could do. Well, Gilmore played 30 minutes. I didn't know it was that much. He played 30 minutes against uh, Minnesota, too. And yeah. didn't have a single and rebound. He had seven against Illinois. Um, I'm just like saying... He, I, yeah, and he had, he and he had four. Against... And he had four. He had four points early against uh, Illinois, and then kind of. Yeah, again, it, it's you're asking him to be somebody who he's not. 
And that's that's extremely difficult. Same thing with Marcus uh, Ilver. Is you're asking them, they're at, you're asking them to be guys that they're not at this point because they you're you Tyler Wall does so much for your team, but it's what they it's be, because they were unable to uh, you know get any help in the transfer portal in the front court. It's what they have right now. Yep. So for that reason, and because they're playing a lot of good, like it's the Big Ten, right? You're going to play in some battles with good bigs and things of that nature. Instead of 2.5, I, I think everything's fine. I hope Wall comes back soon, um, but it's not zero. And yeah. I do think what happened on Saturday was more Illinois just got crazy hot and you're not going to win college basketball games when the other team shoots as well as they shot. So to put simply, yeah, that's that's where we're at. They play. But, but, but we can we can we can agree that while they did shoot it well, Wisconsin certainly helped them along with that a little bit. Yes. Yes. A lot of them were open shots. They did not play the best defensive game of basketball. Right. Tyler Wall. Yeah. And Tyler Wall, notwithstanding. Like, even if he, right. Like whether he's there or not, they have to be better than that. They do. But that's why I bring up pace. Cause some of those did happen quickly where Shannon and, and uh, Hawkins would get free early in the shot clock. Yeah. Off Wisconsin misses or just whatever. I feel like when, when Tyler Wall's there, and he's touching the ball down low, it all slows down. I feel like some of those shots just don't happen. Yeah, um, pro- probably. Probably. And I could be wrong, but but we'll see. Hopefully they get him back uh, soon, as soon as possible. Zach, that's all I have. I have yep. a dermatology appointment to run to. <laughs> and uh, then, All right. Not a, uh, not a podiatry appointment? A, a, a very important announcement to the people, and if you're listening this deep, you know, they're the real ones. I appreciate all of you. I bought new wedges this weekend. I'm uh I'm I'm hitting right. the range. I'm, I'm, I'm going to take over here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna finish this up, and uh, we will see you on Thursday at Monks in Sun Prairie for another rousing hour of Kenny and Heilprin. We can't wait. Uh, it's our favorite hour of the week. I think I can say that for you. Is it is that accurate? Uh, yeah. To all the to all the people that didn't love um. The first 10 minutes of last Thursday. I'm sorry, <laughs> but we still appreciate you deeply. All of our listeners. We love all of you. Zach, uh, I'll see you in the coming days and everybody else. We will talk to you Thursday night. Go Badgers. See ya. <laughs>